romantic, parasitic, and poisonous. That's how the Woodland Trust describes the common mistletoe. But the tradition of hanging mistletoe at Christmas time has a long history, many details of which are lost in the mists of time, and some aspects of which are, well, X-rated. What exactly is mistletoe? The common name refers to hundreds of species of parasitic or semi-parasitic plants that grow on the branches of trees and shrubs. Some mistletoe lineages are more or less closely related, while others are distantly or unrelated, but have evolved similar habits and appearances. We will focus specifically on Viscum album, the European or common mistletoe, that has an especially long and storied cultural history. But first, a little about the plant itself. It was given its scientific name by Linnaeus in the 18th century, but was well known to Europeans since antiquity. It can parasitize any of about 200 species of host trees and shrubs, and belongs itself to the sandalwood family, the Santalaceae. Among the 1,000 or so species of sandalwoods are trees, shrubs, herbs, climbers, and of course the treetop parasites we hang in our homes. Parasitism is not unique to mistletoes in the family and other sandalwoods, using specialized roots, tap into the roots of nearby trees and steal nutrients. Molecular studies have suggested that mistletoes evolved five times within the Santalales, to which sandalwoods belong, first about 80 million years ago, and most recently about 28 million years ago. Viscum album is small, semi-parasitic, and evergreen. It's described as semi-parasitic because it attaches with and uses a structure called an ostorium to penetrate the host plant and extract nutrients in water, and at the same time remains capable of photosynthesis. It grows as a spherical ball up to one meter in diameter, high in the branches of trees. Its evergreen leaves are oval, smooth along the edge, and situated in pairs along a woody stem. It produces clusters of three to five small flowers, each with four petals, male and female flowers being produced on separate plants. Two to six white, waxy berries are produced in clusters. Its leaves, stems, and berries are all quite poisonous, so of course we chose it for holiday celebration. The substance tyramine found in the European mistletoe can cause blurred vision, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. So let the festivities begin. If you're a mistletoe with your talons inserted into a branch, how do you get your offspring high into some other tree? This is where the plot thickens, along with a pulp around mistletoe seeds. Even though most birds are attracted to colorful winter berries, there are avian allies in seed dispersal, such as the missile thrush, red wings, and field fares, that eat the white berries and spread its progeny. The seeds in the berries are coated with a very sticky substance that adheres to whatever it touches. Stuck to a bird beak, the bird will rub the seeds off onto branches, and even seeds eaten by the bird remain sticky in the droppings, thereby often ending up in a tree rather than on the ground. As this gooey pulp hardens, it securely glues the seed in place, and when that's the right place, roots grow and penetrate the bark of a host tree. The white berries and sticky pulp is where the X-rated part of the story comes in, so it's time for a brief musical interlude while you send the kids out of the room.
The substance coating mistletoe seeds is sticky like semen, and I don't mean sailors on a ship, a fact that was not missed by ancient societies. This bit of naughty accounts in part for the fascination with this parasite. Mistletoe has been ascribed all kinds of special properties. Pliny the Elder tells us that the Romans prescribed it as a treatment for epilepsy and ulcers. They also hung mistletoe over doorways, associating it with love and understanding, and negotiated the end of warfare under a sprig of mistletoe that was seen as a symbol of peace. Greeks thought it useful for spleen disorders and menstrual cramps, and mistletoe was thought to grant to heroes passage to the underworld. For druids, it gave protection against evil, and early Christians depended upon it to ward off witches and demons, sort of the ring video doorbell of their age. Pagans saw a resemblance of the gooey seeds to semen, accepting this as a sign of divine male essence, and thus revering white berries as symbols of male fertility. Celts thought mistletoe to be the semen of the god of thunder, Tyrannus, and ancient Greeks actually called it oak sperm. Through the Middle Ages, it remained associated with fertility and vitality, the latter reinforced by its evergreen presence through the cold, dark, barren winters. The exact steps from pagan semen potency to kissing under the mistletoe are not known, but one can blush a little, make inferences, and fill in the blanks. With all this talk of male essence, parents of the mistletoe queen, crowned in Tenbury Wells each year, must be so proud. The kissing tradition may have originated in Greece, from this connection to a fertility symbol and inclusion in the Saturnalia festival and wedding ceremonies. But its modern popularity can be traced to Victorian England, where it became popular among servants and later among the middle classes. One version of the tradition, described by Washington Irving, says that young men are granted the privilege of kissing girls under the mistletoe, plucking a berry after each kiss until the berries are gone, along with the privilege. Conveniently, it was said to be bad luck for a girl to decline to be kissed on the cheek. When you hear Jimmy Boyd belting out, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, or find yourself eyes closed and puckered up in a doorway, you may wish to momentarily push the origins of the mistletoe out of mind. As for me, I'm glad to be in the U.S. where we use Phorodendron leucarpum instead. Its berries are red and not nearly so suggestive. This is Quentin Wheeler for the Species Hall of Fame wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday Season.